Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back, Preds Power Hour on a Friday. We do this every Friday afternoon here on the Chase Thomas podcast. Where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Brian Baston over there, Middle Tennessee. He's got the Tennessee hockey merch repping tonight. Such a look at that. Yeah, sensational. Make sure you get out there and support them, please. Absolutely. Brian, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Friday night lights, uh, high school football in full swing as like a nice little appetizer for Tennessee being back. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Falcons are back and I will see how much that will be a welcome uh, re-addition to uh, my weekend life. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. Just I'm just glad that uh, we're we're just so close to everything being back. Basketball, Mm -hmm. hockey, everything. The fall is just the best time for sports. Charlie Burris, also here of A to Z Sports. Charlie, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Doing okay. Coming off of a wild uh, birthday weekend in Nashville where uh, I, for the very first time, I went to Broadway and did and like went to honky tonk bars and stuff. I've, I think I said it last week, born in Nashville, have never done that stuff. Mm-hmm. Finally did it. And I'll say, I don't suggest it. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What was wrong no. with it? It was, it was not, it was not bad. It's not my, I'll put it this way. It's not my scene as a 31 year old, um, mm-hmm. who, who, you know, gets up at 7am most mornings. It's You're just speaking not, my language. We're all in our thirties, right? We can yeah. all just say, oh, yes. we're just, we're past that point in our life. We just, we don't have, we're, we're not there anymore. It, it was fun though. I, and this is all credit to my wife actually, mm. um, she unbeknownst to me as like a, I guess a birthday gift. So she got us, uh, shirts her said mrs and mine said mister mm-hmm. um and we wore those out that night just to go on broadway and everybody you know it's it's just bachelorette parties mm-hmm. like that's all that's out there now i mean that's the, the only people that you see everybody was like congrats congrats, congrats. <laughs> well we were married six and a half years ago i mean this was yeah uh, nothing new and it was really funny we went around and we just told people like we told one group of people we were like oh yeah we got married earlier today in Gatlinburg and the girl was like, I'm from Boston. I don't know what that is. And then we went and told another group. We were like, there's a, there's a chapel in, in Nashville that we looked up where Elvis will marry you. And we were like, Oh yeah, we went there and Elvis married us earlier today. It was crazy. So we just went around lying to people. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, yeah, that's, that's an there, interesting it's night. vacation, man. Be that's somebody else for the weekend. Dude, yeah. it was hilarious. It was really fun. Um, it was it was genuinely fun. And then the next morning, I wanted to die. So <laughs> that. that was the payoff. Well, there you go. Uh, there's like two types of people in this world. The girls who want to go to Gatlinburg for their bachelorette party, like my fiance who did that last weekend. So it's funny you say that, like the whole, like we got married, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's where my fiance actually was last weekend. And then there is the Nashville bachelorette crowd where wild. that... I would not have ended up with, I don't think. I don't think that would have matched up with my vibe. <laughs> it was It was even, it's far more wild than I think I've ever seen it. Like, mm. like I said, this is the first time I've truly participated, but I've been down yeah. there late at night at different points in my life. And this is, it was just the most packed, the most popular. Every bar had a giant line outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it was, and honestly, the bulk of the times I've been down there is after Predators games. Mm. Yep. Um, you just you walk out, you're right there. Um, and it just, man, it is as crazy as it's ever been. Good for Nashville, though. I mean, mm. hey. 
Oh yeah. I mean the new job, I work right downtown a couple blocks from Bridgestone and you see it like starting about 11 o'clock there's bachelorette parties and groups of girls and oh, out there. Oh yeah. Middle of the week. Went oh today. dude, dude, I, I went, it, it was, uh, the next morning, Saturday mm-hmm. morning left the hotel. There's a bagel place. Just like you could look right out on it from our hotel. And I went there and as I was walking eight 30 in the morning, seven girls get in front of me and I was like, no, they walked right in front of me into the bagel place. I had to wait in line behind these like seven chicks that were all in a bachelorette party. They're everywhere all the time. Mm. But it, this was a final funny story from that thing. The real reason that we were there is that I, me and my wife are huge food people and we went and ate at these nice restaurants. And one of the ones we ate at is this place in 12 South, which if you live in Nashville, it's like the hippest. One mostly. of them. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Just like Reese Witherspoon has a store down there. It's like a whole thing. Okay. And, uh, we went to this place called Locust, which if you have not been, there's unbelievable food. I'll just drop that in there. Give mm-hmm. them a plug because the restaurant's incredible. But uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was there. Um, she oh, just wow. was like in Nashville. I was like, that's the lady from the, the, mm-hmm. the Avengers. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she just happened to be there. So it was that's a wild cool. time, man. Yeah. Um, one of, I think probably only like the second or third time I've seen like truly famous people yeah it's odd Hmm. though because you you can run into celebrities and people like that but it's always like not quite what you would imagine like sometimes you get a country star like for example predators games is the reason why i've seen creed play live (laughs) in person twice in my life now (laughs) you lucky i i mean i don't know how else to to say that like yes it's it's been a weird you know i've seen some i've seen a lot of you know country stars and people but seeing creed play twice Actually, three times if you count watching them play the entire set of warm ups before the game. Oh my uh, goodness! Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real gift that, that I've been given. With but arms wide open, it was they're they're goats, man. Mm-hmm. Creed, yeah, uh, if you love that, hey, that music, real uh, quick, but, Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, a second ago, you were talking a little bit louder, and I could hear an echo. I don't know oh. if you can still hear it or not, or can tell. Oh, I don't hear an echo now. Okay, do you still hear it? Uh uh-uh. uh Okay. Yeah, no, I was no. just heard, I was picking it up on your side. I think that's weird. Uh, I think we're good on the egg, but um, let me. I'll yeah, double check. I didn't want. I, I'm sorry. I was debating. No, you're good, man. That's good. I, didn't want I don't to make want to more editing. That would be uh, an issue uh, for the rest of the podcast. But um, Charlie, what was the? We'll end on this. What was the best thing you ate over the weekend? What was oh, the best dude, thing you ate? That's an amazing question. So there's this restaurant called Audrey. Mm. It's run by this guy, Sean Brock. We actually got to meet. He has, he has like a Netflix documentary made about him. If you have, he's like that famous of a chef and has a restaurant in Nashville called Audrey. We went there and they had this corn soup that was in Japanese style corn soup. It was unbelievable. It was so like unassuming too. You're like, corn soup. What? Mm -hmm. Got it. And it was just so crazy. Corn soup. Yeah, but they also like at Locust that mm-hmm. that restaurant had beef tartare that was unbelievable. If you're if you're one of the people that's like brave enough to eat uh, raw beef, I know some it freaks some people out. But it's mm-hmm. if if you're on that train, dude, look, go to Locust, get the beef tartare. It's incredible. So yeah, there was plenty. Like I said, that was like the reason we went. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So I that's like my it. my weekend. I don't mean to bore you, but no, this is interesting. Yeah, no, it's man. fantastic. I like it. Um, 
Phil Kessel, though, we don't like signing with Vegas. One year, $1.5 million deal. Whew, your instant reaction to Kessel going to Vegas, Brian? Honestly, I'm not quite sure. I don't, you know, it's it's easy to say that, you know, like, well, why didn't the Predators get him for $1.5 million for a year? Mm. You know, they've been, they, there'd been talks about him being somebody that would be interested in joining the Predators for the last year, year and a half or so. Uh, but I don't get the sense. I think it was either a matter of Kessel had his pl- places he wanted to go. And mm-hmm. I think Vegas maybe gave him a better opportunity to have a little bit more success immediately, kind of how with, with how that roster is turning out, although we'll see with uh, with our goaltending situation. But on the other hand, too, like I, I don't also, you know, I think Poyle and then the Predators would have actually, you know, put in a lot more we'd have heard a little bit more noise although we didn't hear anything around Niederreiter either so I'm not sure it's 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 disappointing and I think he could have fit um but I think it would have been at the expense of one of the younger players um because you're not going to put a Phil Kessel down on the fourth line or anything like that so it would have been interesting I wish it would have happened it didn't we can still hold out for the, the you know go grab Evan Rodriguez I still think he's he's an, a fantastic free agent that's out there that could be got for value so who knows but it's sad it's it's interesting with Kessel though. It's looking at his stats. I mean, he doesn't have much career left. What's he? Thirty four. Mm-hmm. Um, he's you know in the the twilight there. But he, the thing that I noticed in looking at his stats, his plus minus has gotten progressively worse. And I don't I don't know how much to put of that on the fact that he just played for a not very good team in Arizona, albeit one that beat the Predators in the freaking play-in round one, mm-hmm. like, two years ago. Shoot and who also has, will be playing in an arena that is smaller than an <laughs> arena that I have been in uh, many a times in my life in the Atlantic Gladiators who are now their ECHL affiliate. Just unreal stuff. Great great job all around. Just sell, <laughs> sell the team, first of all, Coyotes. Just, just embarrassing. <laughs> but um, the like my my question with him, he did he put up fifty two points, only eight goals. It was forty four assists this last year, which is just a mm. weird stat line. But um, you know he still is producing. But just I mean, how much could you have even expected? I I think it would have been good. I I mm. do, and I wish honestly I do wish they would have picked him up. I don't know why they didn't. What is why does Poyle do a lot of things he does? But um, yeah, I I do look at it and I go like, really, how much would you have? gotten out of him i i don't know maybe i'm being too cynical there but yeah i mean it's 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 definitely reasonable you know again he's he was he's a goal scorer you know his whole career and this last season he just couldn't finish he's he was doing excellent you know as far as setting up teammates you know 44 assists which is what top four four Mm. or five in his in his career so i mean that's that's still impressive but knowing what he can do i mean i think you know they also he also has like a a modified no trade clause so he's got a 10 team list and i'm thinking that with with vegas they can you know they've got the mindset that they've got him for 1.5 for this year if the deadline comes and they don't feel like you know if someone wants to take you know take him off their hands and that would be an option you know they they need something now because obviously with with their goaltending situation being the way that it is you know they're in a little bit more of a crunch right now but you know, we'll we'll see how that goes, but I, I don't think this. You know, I think when it come around deadline time, we're going to hear more and more about well, will Nashville finally go get go get Phil Kessel? So the dream's not totally dead, but but it, at least it is for now. 
Well, what do you think they do? Because we've talked the last couple of weeks about with that little bit of cap space left, the little bit of money that the Preds still have now that Kessel's off the board. Is there, you mentioned someone that they could target with that remaining uh, pool of money, but do you think they actually use it? And do you think there is someone left over that interests you enough to use it on, Brian? Uh, yeah, so they've got about $2.4 million left. Um, they Last year, they went into the season, I think, with like 4 or $5 million. They wanted to keep their their options open, which which helped. Um, they've got 13 forwards, 7 defensemen on the roster right now with 2 goal goaltenders. You know, there's still a question of where Connor Ingram is going to a- a- end up and wh- how much time he's going to spend in the NHL. I think they're pretty happy at this point. I think that they've got guys in the system and the pipeline that they are ready to move up and down. You know, they're going to be giving guys like Ellie Tolvanen and, and Philip Tomasino chances and Cody Glass to really solidify that bottom six and to make a spot on the roster for them. I don't know that there's a lot of players now at this point um, that are out there that would be a complete upgrade you know a a second line forward winger maybe that could could take the spot of you know alongside uh johansson niederreiter a guy like evan rodriguez i think is is a perfect option he's kind of broken out since he he left pittsburgh he's been you know excellent he's been a you know an analytics darling which is you know kind of my bread and butter but he's also been you know you're just seeing a steady increase in the season and i think because it's this late in the the market you know he's still not signed guys you know same with guys like rocco grimaldi still not signed um you know he could be gotten for a deal he could be gotten for under two million dollars maybe for a for a one-year deal so but again i think that they're sitting on that 2.3 knowing that they've got you know we're gonna see how this season goes and they may need it after the season starts and so i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't put money down that they make any more moves but i wouldn't mind seeing them make one more you know one more move to to kind of shore up the the middle of that offense I love the idea of it just being like Poyle gets a surplus. Like I think of the office when I see this all the time where it's like, Michael, do you know when Mike, the whole chair or new copier uh, Mm -hmm. situation, it's like you have 2.5 million and the uh, Bill Haslam comes in and he's like, well, if you don't use that money, you actually, that turns into a little bit of a bonus for you. And then he has to come out and he's like, look, there's just not a lot out there that we like. And we're just going to, we're happy with where we're at. And we're just going to go into the season and see what happens. <laughs> there's just somebody in the the Preds front office like, do you know? Do you know, Dan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would surprise me. That would be funny. Um, the cover of NHL 23 is out. Um, what uh, what do you make of the new uh, NHL 23? Is it just 2023 or just 23? It always throws me One of the two. I'm not yeah. sure. But I think it's a pretty cool story. And I mm. wanted to I put this in here that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they announced uh, Trevor Zegras from the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, mm. I think everybody if there's an if there's a household name and uh, outside of hockey for sports fans, it would probably be Zegras right now with just how electric and, you know, how much he upsets the old guard in hockey with his, with his trick shots and things like that. Um, but he's also going to be uh, sharing the cover with Sarah Nurse, uh, currently with Team Canada. She was the first black Olympian for Team Canada to win gold medal in hockey. Um, she ha- she is currently actually playing in the world championships. Uh, very uh, I'm trying to think, was it this week? 
Uh, she's still she's still you know she's still with the team. She's been in Team Canada. She won gold medal uh, in 2020. She's working with the Toronto Six and the uh, the PHF right now, and she's been an ambassador for women's hockey. And so this has been this is kind of a really cool news story to see. Um, she actually just had a profile yesterday uh, in the New York Times in their sports section yesterday about Sarah Nurse, and so it's really cool to see this. I think there's some people that are salty for different reasons as to why these guys are on there, mostly because of Zegris, I think, which is kind of a welcome change, uh, you know, because a lot of the the old guard, the veterans are like, oh, well, if the kid's going to try to score a flashy goal on me like that, then I'm going to make sure I hit him extra hard next time. And it's like, well, no, just make sure he doesn't score on you like that again. You know, that's when you get somebody with an exciting personality or somebody who brings like a lot of excitement and change to the game, there's a lot of resistance. And I always love that type of player. And so I'm excited to see that. I'm excited for for the uh, for Sarah Nurse to be there as an ambassador for women's hockey for them to be in the game as well. So, it's pretty cool news, I thought. And also just the Ducks, man, been really really starved for just fun, fun mm-hmm. hockey where I mean, just when every year for several years it was just that like, well, they've got a goalie, man. Like, I don't know if you've seen Gibson, but that's mm-hmm. that man is a goalie. And they're like, "All right, what else you got?" Oh, have I have you have you heard about Gibson? Have you heard about the rotation <laughs> with Gibson and Miller? Like, have you seen like if he goes down, we're OK. Like we have the best goalie duo in hockey. Like, hey, we're going to we might lose one oh more often than not. But if our if our offense, we get a little bit of scoring every now and then just mm-hmm. a, just a little bit. We might win two one every now and then we might win one oh. And now you actually have some exciting and fun. And I think. The Ducks especially need that because I just feel like there have just been it's been a rough time, uh, even with Dallas Eakins and everybody else in the building. You're just like you're starved to mm-hmm. get over the hump because I think they've been treading water for a really long time. And, and you talk about the old guard. They were run by the old guard, basically, for yep. a really long time, kind of an outdated uh system and just the way they were doing business in anaheim i think it's uh it's a fun thing to have a jolt of young youthful fun energy in anaheim yeah it's go ahead i was just gonna say i'd be interested to know for for really the cover of any of these video games the amount of years the people who are on the cover have played in the given sport Hmm. and just relative like is it the old heads that get on their way more obviously the the female on the cover is like a huge change it was right. a mm. conversation but i think a lot of people were like this kid just showed up you know what are we doing like this he is just this flashy new guy and uh, that would be an interesting thing to kind of somebody's surely somebody's probably done that i some kind of uh, well, spreadsheet that exists out there but is he the most marketable young star now brian or do you think there's someone else that would have made more sense like mckinnon how many times has he been on mckinnon like still young and he just yeah mckinnon is still yeah yeah these guys are all still young but again mckinnon's just he's just a he's a hockey guy he's a yeah you know yeah. he's not that type of a a person zegris has been somebody that like yeah i'd say he's probably maybe the most yeah, no, I don't think so. I think Zegers okay. is the one that's like, if, if you're going to look at a guy, I mean, like, let's look at the last, you know, I'm looking at a few years of, of their covers. You know, they've had, they had Ovechkin in 21, mm. which, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Austin Matthews, P.K. Subban in, in 2019, Connor cool. McDavid, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. So, I mean, cool. they're guys that you would expect. I mean, there's a mixture of those guys who are now considered, you know, older when they're in their late 20s. Mm. Um or Ovechkin, who's immortal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Russian, the machine never stops. Um, yep. But, you know, I think he's a guy that 
you know, the league can put as their face, as the face of the league as something going forward to try to grow the sport, something that I don't think I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. Uh, I think that a lot can be said for what Gary Bettman has done in his tenure as far as expanding the NHL and growing it. Uh, I don't think that he's done nearly enough. And I think it's at the expense of a lot of other things. And um, knowing the NHL um, with, with Bettman in charge, you know, we'll see what happens. They see if they can continue to focus, you know, their energy on guys like Zegers who are exciting and can help grow the game, or if they're going to push him away and try to, you know, temper down his excitement and his, his, you know, energy, and we'll get another kind of boring player. That's great, but doesn't have much of a personality. So I, I, I hope, I hope this guy is, is continues to be the real deal and continues to be the face, you know, of the, of the young NHL players. I do think it makes a difference that Zegras looks like he's like a star on TikTok. Like mm-hmm. he just looks like a, what's, um, what is the, kosher word for an f boy you know what i mean like it just uh he's got the, the flowy haircut and he just looks like he dances on tiktok like that's how, that's he looks like he'd be famous for that more than he'd be famous for hockey and i feel like that probably weighs into it it's like yeah. if he was like ugly like alexander ovechkin he's probably not <laughs> probably not pissing off as many people but he he just looks like a like heartthrob character there yeah but then you can say the same about Roman Yossi, who does look like true. A, a, a fashion model at all times, he even really does. at like six in the morning in Switzerland over a Zoom call. Man still looked impeccable. Gosh. It's, it's easy for him. It's uh, like, like more power to him, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Just can't. Uh, we don't all we don't all have it. No. Um, Charlie, for you, the most interesting player going into next season for Nashville is who? And this was so tough i don't even know i do have a set answer that i know i'm gonna say but i don't even know if i agree with myself here because there were just a, a number of options but i i just think because of the situation that he's in like to me like a ryan johansson in this mm. year because he's a guy that's like at the end to me he's like at the end of his rope and that is probably, I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but you've just expected, since he showed up from Columbus, you were really expecting him to be this special guy. And he has shown these flashes where you go like, oh, do that, be that all the time, do this. Why are you not that constantly? <laughs> and you you just got to expect more or move on. And it's, the, and it's a guy in a year like that, that, and there's kind of a, He's not the only one on this roster, but a guy in a year like that, that makes it just a really interesting situation to me. What is he going to do when your back's against the wall? And I, I hope to whatever extent the management is saying to him like, Hey, it's, we got to see it or else, you know, sh- I mean, surely that has been expressed to whatever extent to <laughs> him. And I'm sure he knows that. But I, I just think because of the situation that he finds himself in where you're kind of you're on the brink of going down the other side of your career trajectory, you're probably maybe even past the peak of his abilities. And, you know, but how is he going to perform after, let's be honest, kind of underperforming for most of his time here? Not horrifically, not horrifically underperforming, but still underperforming out of what we probably expected. So I, I that was one that I think even it's tough. There's a few pretty fascinating storylines this year if you pay close attention to the Preds, but that one stuck out to me. 
Yeah, Joey's an interesting case, and he I'm, I'm working on a, a preview of him for for on the forecheck right now, and it's it's actually interesting because yes, he's got he's had this this you know he's just not been that guy they expected to get from Columbus in his last, his last two seasons and folk seasons in Columbus in 2013 and 2014, 33 goals, 26 goals, 63 points, 71 points, and then never got close to either one of those, those numbers really um, the entire time he was with Nashville until actually last year, last year, which was interesting because his season does get, you know, forgotten about just because of Forsberg and Duchesne and everybody like that. And Roman Yossi and Tanner Janot. I mean, 26 goals is the most he's had since 2014, 2015, uh, 37 assists, which, you know, that brings him to 63 points, which is tied for the third highest in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, he's a guy that he is, he's always been a guy that because of his, a lot of his contributions were in his passing. And so again, with analytics, it's all shot based because you just you only have so much data, you know, it's a little bit behind as far as, you know, in sports and analytics, but you know, he was always really undervalued in the last couple of seasons. He's really kind of turned himself around because he's excellent at, at, at generating chances and they're starting to see where his his ability is starting to kind of turn up. So it's been a really encouraging sign because, I mean, he spent time last season. He was, you know, with Duchesne and Forsberg. He was with Luke Cunnan and Ellie Tolvin and he was with, you know, a bunch of different guys. He wasn't really kind of set in like on the Jofa line of old with with Forsberg and Arvidsson. Um, and still had the best season of, of his career since, you know, year four for him. And so it's it's interesting. I hope that, you know, if he did that last year, it's not a contract year for him. He wasn't out to prove anything and still perform. So we'll see if this has been a case of, you know, it, you know uh, John Hines has been able to get something out of Ryan Johansson uh, that nobody else was before him. So. We'll, well see. Do you think it the 26 goals was real. Did you see anything different, like for him to finally break out last year? Like you, you mentioned that he get he just presents a lot more chances. But was there something specific about the way he was attacking and the way he was shooting last year that leads you to believe that the 26 goals and what we saw last year on that front is sustainable for the next couple of years? Uh, I think with a guy like Luke Cunnan on the wing, I think that it forced him to be a little bit more um, aggressive. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where criticisms in the past were like, you know, it's it him and Forsberg and Arvidsson on a, on a rush. And you're just like, Joey, just shoot to shoot. the puck. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I know you can. You know, I know that it's going to be better to get it to Forsberg or to Arvi because they'll they'll probably score, too. But, you know, and I think that, it, you know, a guy like playing with Cunning on the wing or, or, or Tolvin and who was, you know, very snake bit last year, mm-hmm. uh, I think it. it fell on to Johansson to kind of facilitate more of the offense on his own. And I think he finally just kind of started to find that groove of being able to get his scoring touch back and not be just a, a, a guy who's a playmaker who's setting up the other, the other wings. Cause you know, again, at times he didn't have the best depth. And so uh, he had to kind of do things himself. And so I don't know that 26 goals is, is, you know, an expectation for him to reach again easily this year, but you know, he should be back above 20 because this is the first time he's been above 20 since 2013. So we'll, we'll see. It is. I think I agree with you, Charlie. That's this was exactly who I was going to say as far as, you know, who's most interesting to see because he's kind of flown under the radar last year. Well, I, I apologize for taking your your choice, but it just it, I mean, it just stuck out to me. That, but there are certainly a number of uh of other interesting pieces i don't know if chase has some setup i don't want to step on it no that was that. it i like it so brian that you uh johansson was yours as well yeah but i will say i can give you an alternate one okay and i think there's an easier you know a very obvious reason but uh it's it's going to be connor ingram it's going to hmm. be you know 
what he does, where he, you know, is he going to be starting more often in Milwaukee? Is he going to be, you know, how is he going to be splitting time, you know, playing with Askarov? Is he going to be in the NHL? You know, what's Lankanen going to do? It's going to be very interesting to see what he does, especially now. Again, talked about Vegas needing a goaltender now. Uh, you know, could that be an option to where they go? They they offer Connor Ingram because he's kind of stuck in the middle right now because for whatever reason, they didn't seem to have the confidence to, um, you know, to immediately bring him up to uh, Nashville and start him out in Milwaukee. So, I think, you know, it's no reason to worry just quite yet. I think they realize they've got him in his last year of his rookie deal, which is incredibly cheap for a goaltender of, of his caliber. And so, you know, hopefully that can be a guy that, you know, takes Lincoln in spot at some point in the year and Lincoln never gets it back. But it's going to be really interested, interesting to see because, again, if Sorrow stays healthy, they're going to stick with him, you know, 70, 75, 25 probably. So, you know, it may not be a big, a big factor anyways. <laughs> I like it. Um, next up, Carrier, is he a piece, key piece going forward, Brian? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, he's he's a guy, and I've been, I, I feel bad because I brought him up two or three times already mm. on the show, but he's a guy, again, I was very extremely wrong on um you know when he was still in milwaukee mm. uh i thought that freddie allard another guy was a much better prospect defensively and that he was allard was nhl ready a couple years back um obviously allard is gone carrier is in the league and has i mean he got some some all rookie team he was on the all rookie team got votes there i mean he was a guy that you know you had tanner Janot on the roster who was making all these headlines you know scoring goals and everything like that. But Carrier was sitting there playing with Ekholm, who Ekholm had, you know, and I talked about this in my preview for Ekholm uh, that came out yesterday. You know, Ekholm was able to not have to be that guy, that stay-at-home defensive guy, because he had, you know, a, you know, he, Carrier is good enough offensively that he can generate, but he's still solid enough defensively to give Ekholm a little bit of room to work. And so they complemented each other extremely well. And he's got, you know, a lot of playmaking ability. He's not quite on the level of Roman Yossi. Nobody really is. Mm. Uh, but, you know, he he's he's really smart. And, you know, you can see his vision on the ice. He's not making a lot of mistakes that are leading to, to rushes from the other the other direction. And so I think he's a guy that even with McDonough, you know, he's going to be pushing to stay, you know, in those top two pairs um, with McDonough being, you know, obviously an option to, to be in there, you know, in maybe the second pair as well. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up with who. I think Dante Fabro might be the guy that uh, gets moved down and Carrier stays in that, top, the, you know, the top two pairings. But I think he's really important. And I'm glad Nashville stuck with him as long as they did, because they've gotten a really good player out of him. How does it? How much of it was just being able to come into the league with Yossi and Ekholm for him, where that played a pivotal role in his development? Um, I mean, you could say you know it, they took a chance because when mm-hmm. you're playing with with Matias Ekholm or Roman Yossi, you're going to be facing the top you know the top competition on the other side. You know they could have set set him in there on the third pairing, given him mm-hmm. a couple years to develop, but they put him in there pretty quickly, and he developed really well really well excuse me um against that competition you know he he did extremely well with there was an ottawa game um you know a a 4-1 victory back back in december i believe uh no it was in march i apologize and he he and ekholm you know he and ekholm combined for four points uh they had held you know brady kachuk and just the top line for like eight minutes at five on five to completely scoreless you know a third of an expected goal allowed that entire time at five on five. And so, 
you know, they've, it's, it's really, uh, I don't know how to, I lost my point there. Sorry. Um, but with, with, it's just going to be really interesting to see how he's deployed and how he plays. And mm. yeah. But dude, my question with him going forward is like, do they expect him to get significantly better? Cause you, I mean, you have Favreau who he was a first round pick, right? I mean, he was, um, I wanted to, uh, I'd have to check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And, know that off the top of my and head. I'm just looking Kerry Car- was, he's um, a fourth rounder, right? Fourth round guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where, where do the expectations like, cause you, yeah, I mean, you look at Favreau and you gotta be like, why is he, <laughs> why is he not being this dude mm-hmm. as much? I mean, he's still, yeah, that's 20 some odd point season still, but, um, the, where, where do you set expectations going forward out of both of those dudes? Cause obviously I think you look at Favreau and you got to go like, Hey, let's get it going. Yeah. Um, and then with Carrier, do you almost go like just repeat last year or do you go, Hey, can you throw in more than three goals? Let's get that up to six. Um, uh, which looking at stats that would match Ekholm's goal output for last year. So, mm-hmm. and, and you know, you, you don't look at a season and think that it was bad or anything. Um, and, and I, like to me that that would be solid, but should it even be more? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing with Nashville is Nashville has, you know, you look at their forward development over the last, you know, 20 years and, you know, it's hard to find like a guy, a breakout forward that st- they was drafted by the team and stayed with the team and has produced for the team, but they don't have that problem on defense. And I think they have allowed themselves the luxury of being able to be either patient with guys that they see a lot of potential like Carrier, where, you know, he spent a ton of time uh, in Milwaukee, you know, before he even stepped on the ice in Nashville. Um, but then a guy like Fabro, you know, they were patient with him that he, he played his years in Boston, you know, took his time getting over, but you know, they know the guys have talent and they know that they're learning from some of the best defensemen in the entire league. You know, when you guys you have a, a, a group of veterans like Matias Ekholm and Roman Yossi to learn from, you're, you're getting, you know, a lot of help and those guys are so good that they can cover up some of those mistakes as well, you know, cause it's a system that's built around defense. And, you know, these are guys that, they got trusted for a lot of hard minutes. You know, Fabro has been, again, he's one of those guys like Ellie Tolvin and who's come in with a lot of expectations thinking he's going to be like a Roman Yossi. Is it going to be like, you know, is this going to be another Philip Forsberg type of a situation? But Nashville's actually been pretty patient with their defensive players and they come up and they come and fill a spot and they become a mainstay, you know, and, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the problem with Nashville is, is they usually have too many defenders and they have to trade some away. You know, I was heartbroken when Sam Gerrard left. He was a guy that first development camp I went to and I was like, I love this guy. I love the way he plays. He's going to be my favorite. Traded him away, uh, you know, because they had too many. And, and it's just a problem that now they've got they've got five guys that I'm pretty confident with now with McDonough, you know, and at starting six. So. You know, I think they, they want to expect more out of both of them. They want to see better, you know, see growth. But at this point, if they can just repeat what they did last year, they still got a pretty good group with the addition of McDonough. Yeah. I like it. Uh, last thing, the Preds defense. How will it differ? We talked a lot about their defensive identity. My biggest question schematically, um, Brian, when you look at the defense last year and what they're bringing to the table this year, what do you think will be the biggest change on defense? <laughs> Um, it's going to be interesting because again, Heinz plays this high, this, you know, 
for checking heavy uh, defense, you know, it's it's about creating opportunities and turnovers in the uh, offensive zone so that you can turn around and, and score quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we saw last year, that caused a lot of problems with penalties. And, you know, your defense can only be so good when, you know, you've got your guys out there. You've got Yossi or Ekholms out there playing, you know, 10 to 12 penalty minutes a game, which is ridiculous. You know, that's Soros facing constant pressure. And so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they adjust how they they work a little bit. Um, I don't know that Heinz will implement that change so quickly, but I think that the defense on paper should be better than last year. Just by the addition of McDonough, we're not starting a Ben Harper where it's, you know, we're not getting Matt Benning. Uh, you know, it's it's not Phil Myers. It's it's a guy that's a veteran that can be out there. He's probably going to commit some of those penalties and probably get in the box a bunch with <clears throat> McDonough is. And, you know, but the defense should be better on paper. It's just a matter of can the execution and the discipline match that so that you have a group that's not spending 38, 37 minutes out in a game like, you know, like Roman Yossi does regularly. Yeah, I think my, my expectation for the defense this season is to not have so many moments where you look at what is in front of UC Soros and you go, Oh man, this guy screwed. Like you just, mm-hmm. there was just so much of him just getting hung out to dry, whether it was penalty related or not, even there, mm-hmm. there was just so much of that. And that, I mean, it just, that has to stop for UC's sake and for the team's sake. It yeah. just is brutal at times last year. Um, yeah, I mean, and then there was no more time where that was stark than against the, the avalanche. I mean, mm-hmm. you play a team like that and you're just cooked if that's the way that you're going to play defense. So any improvement upon that would be uh, <laughs> welcome. I would say that. There you go. Uh, Charlie, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at A to Z sports this week? Dude, college football finally mm-hmm. here. Praise be. <laughs> um, I guess if you consider Vanderbilt and Hawaii actual football, which that's debatable, but well, hold on. I'm a real sicko that loves watching Hawaii late at night. Oh. That's my nightcap. I've always been at like dating back to the Colt Brennan era, Timmy mm. Chang now leading this team, mm-hmm. run and shoot back. Yeah, no, Hawaii's a good time. Yes. Uh, and then, then this, uh, what an overseas game between Northwestern and Nebraska. Nebraska is so weird. Dublin noon. Yeah, uh, but regardless, college why would you do it in Lincoln when you can do it in Dublin? <laughs> that, well, honestly, that's fun as hell. I don't know. That's that's a great. I just trip college. I don't know. Like NFL is one thing, but like college, the entire like the cool parts. Like uh, Tennessee's playing Maryland in Brooklyn, where it's just like what what. Yeah, it's cool for the Tennessee fans to go to Brooklyn for a couple days if they can do it. But we watched last year. I think it was was it Villanova we played in uh, Brooklyn last year. Or it was just nobody there had yeah. any interest in either team. And it's just such a terrible atmosphere. And you're like, you know what would have been cool? Just playing at Villanova or Tennessee. Like, that's where it's fun. Like, Tennessee, Arizona being at Tennessee was really cool. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm like, hey, Nebraska's got an awesome home fan base. Like, just do it there. Like, what are we doing? It is, it is interesting because when you talk to people from essentially anywhere else in the world besides America, there is no college sports. I mean, you right to translate that to people and then you show them like how many people show up to like a Tennessee football game. They go like, how is that real? How is yeah. college? It's not, that's ridiculous, you know? Um, so I agree. Just, just play, play a home and home for everything. Yes. 
Neutral site games are stupid. Stop They're, with those. Yes. Just play home and home. And then expand the playoff and make those for the first round at home and home too. Or not home and home, but make Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. Like, like Tennessee, what, what is it? Tennessee, Virginia, Nashville next year. It's like they stupid. they spin it with recruiting and it's like, no, you can just do a home and home. That's fine. Just do a home and home with UVA. Just, um, I just don't the, the game next year in nashville is fine it's great yeah. it's awesome because that, we maybe that's one power that, hour from nashville we, we should really it. should yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but oh no neutral site games rule what are you talking mm. about mm. neutral site games rule like we wouldn't have Bristol. Wait, hold on are you doing is this a take is this a take brian they, yeah yeah they're fun oh this is a take all right explain yourself i i've not encountered a neutral sites are actually good take this is this is rough for i mean me. there I'm are ready for. there are some there are some that don't make like you said you talked about when brooklyn like that's mm. that's different but that's also like a that's good for recruits that's good for fans that is, yeah that is cool for fans that's cool for for the players to go do that type of thing you know neutral site games are you know if you're a graduate who doesn't live in east tennessee or mm. you're somebody who goes to college and then moves away from it like your chances to see that team are, are, are very you know few and far between when i lived in tampa the outback bowl two years in a row was my chance to see tennessee um but no, I think I think it's cool when you get to see that because that's stuff that you know people are going to get exposed to it who normally wouldn't. Uh, you know, it's usually bigger capacity. I, I I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't with think the that. Titans is bigger than the Vols, right? Like, what is the Titans? Oh, Forty thousand less people. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm talking more about like you're going to yeah. have more people from like yeah. both sides, you know. Yeah. And so, but I don't I, want I, both sides. That's the whole thing about college football. Like, I just I want it to no. be like overwhelmingly intense. It, it's no, non conference games people. are fine yeah. to be to be neutral side. Non conference games perfect for neutral side. We, but we've just mm. we stretched it like with bowl games. We just yeah. stretched it too. Th- thin where we're going you i mean tennessee virginia like the the (laughs) battle of bristol was excellent i was there it was unbelievable it's also a natural rivalry like it's not far like i don't know why we don't play virginia tech all the time it was set up exactly perfectly because it was exactly in between the two i agree like that's an exception i'll carve one out for for the battle of bristol but i mean virginia it would be cool to to play the battle of the Danny White finalists like it it really like to me that's far more interesting and like a game uh, it ended up not happening Tennessee bought its way out but like a game at BYU that's I don't yeah. want to play BYU in Dallas or something I want to go to Provo because it's I mean I've I've been there multiple times it's an incredible area of the country hmm. it's so beautiful if you've never make it your way there if you've never uh, had a trip to to Provo Salt Lake City it's beautiful but um stuff like that i just i don't know i love it It could have been a great start to nico's career just over there in provo a lot of family probably could have gotten over there southern cal to utah i would have 100 percent saw byu tennessee at jerry world are you kidding me i this is (laughs) different strokes for different folks man i I like this yeah yeah Yeah, i i'm uh i'm a big proponent of the just play at each other's home yeah well there you go but hey to finish to finish all views welcome here college football is coming up which is my yes. my time of year that's my main game prompts back he goes mm-hmm. are you having a having him on are you oh see hey brian this is out. how we learned that charlie doesn't listen to the podcast did it was it all right i saw so i yes saw, it was I already under, up yeah last week your prep sheets last week yeah i missed it i saw on your prep sheet that he was on there. yeah like sometimes like i don't like the main ones i will edit i should probably like you post delete. one every single day so i i must have just missed it <laughs> but i i subscribe i subscribe on the spotify i'm subscribed yeah, there you go all right 
No, Kromp's awesome. We also found out that my uh, fiance's best friend is like good friends with Kromp, and it's just cool. a small world. So like, she reached out. She was like, "Hey, I heard you're on on Chaser." And it was like a, a small world, but no, Kromp was great. Kromp's dude, fun. Yeah, he's he's a chill dude. Yes. Kromp is a very laid back man, and his his stories about Tennessee football are insane. And yeah, yeah. So I I do a, a game day show with him on mm. Tennessee football. Game days, which we will start this coming Thursday. Me, Jonathan Crompton, halftime post game. Uh, we I'll call that. in from the from Neilan with noted service Neilan Stadium. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the great service. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll be doing that. It's so much fun, dude. He's his take on any specifically like strategically the way that he views football because mm. he was the former quarterback is. I literally cannot see the game of football the way that he sees it. It's like he's, you know, you always hear like people take like LSD and stuff and they like see God and it's mm-hmm. like a whole day. They're on like another plane. I feel like his vision of football is like, he's like taking football LSD. He's like on a different plane where I'm like, how, what, how yeah. did you even notice that that was a thing? So I highly suggest listening to that. And then now the, the podcast that I do every week, like uh, that I've mentioned in weeks past me, Zach Reagan, the the Big Orange podcast every Monday, and it's going to be live streamed 4 p.m. every okay, Monday, cool. starting this coming week. 4 p.m. this coming week. That is that's a that's an exclusive. I haven't announced that anywhere. There yet. you go. Oh, wow. Four, 4 p.m. Yeah. Red's Power PM Hour. The announcement is confirmed. Yeah. 4 p.m. every Monday night YouTube channel A to Z Sports. I yeah. like it, Brian. I know you've been writing a lot over it on the four check, all kinds of good content coming out over there on that front. Uh, what can the good folks check out from you this week? Uh, yeah. Renegade to puck and on the four check. Yeah. So continuing our preview pieces with on the four check, you can see those uh, every day. This co- is coming up. I've got one on Ryan Johansson, as you might've guessed uh, coming up. Um, also speaking of, you know, I'll be working doing stuff with the renegades of puck. You'll start to see shows coming back up as we get closer. We've got the, uh, the cookout here in Nashville, down in Mount Juliet on September 24th. If you guys get the chance, come out, it's free. It's going to be barbecue competition, bunch of other stuff um, because we'll be gearing up our co- Coverage because the first main big game that we'll be covering is drum roll. It's a neutral site game in 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 Europe, which neutral site games mm. rule. So uh, <laughs> in Europe, isn't I mean, that Florida weekend? Isn't Tennessee, Florida, September twenty fourth? It's usually it's that's usually yes. around the time of the month that I get depressed. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Smoky Grays are back this year, though. Yeah, Smoky Grays for that Let's one. Let's hope. Let's hope. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll see me there. I'll be spinning up a lot of coverage. We've had some. We'll be getting some new faces in uh, at the website, and so yeah, it'll be great. I'm excited about this season and uh, covering the Preds for for another year. And I'll be a married man at that point. Yes, sir. Court, that's wild. That's wild. Florida game. That's my first married game. That's, oh man, we're, it, our marriage is either going to start off extremely happy where it's just, we got over the hump and it's like all it took was getting married to get over the Florida hump. Why didn't I do this years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, or just, it's like just the sadness of walking out of there and just, are you oof. getting married in Knoxville? Mm-hmm. In, um, first of all, what venue? Uh, the stables at uh, Strawberry Plains Fields. Strawberry Fields. Oh, okay. So everybody go to Chase's wet notes. I was going to say, I, I don't even know if you were putting me on the spot there. And I'm like, do I want to put that out there? You can cut that. You can cut that out. I apologize. No, you're but, good. Just, just voice over and just say <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. So, yeah West Town Mall. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the the choice to go for the fall 
wedding is is bold that's hold on i knew you were gonna say that uh, and that that's the whole thing and people had conversations i had weekends that i was like i can't like florida weekend out like a lot of the home like yeah you have to be very strategic with a fall wedding choice so it was the akron weekend so it's just uh that but tennessee was supposed to play akron at noon and they're playing at seven like why is this a night game that's weird. I, I don't think I've even noticed that. That's See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I um, never would have thought when I did that. I was like, oh, that's clearly a nooner. Like, that's why I have to do my live show for the Akron game at like, yes. like that night, which is annoying. But anyway, mm. uh, the thing that you don't like, you probably thought of this. Mm. But the thing that I didn't fully consider, I ended up not having a fall wedding. The thing that I didn't consider was the years after when the anniversary comes. What are you doing that oh. weekend? Because my. I didn't consider this. My wife is complete. She just doesn't care about Tennessee sports. She's not like against mm. it. She's just not from here. Didn't, you know, grow up with it. And so actually ours, typically nothing falls on it, but it has on multiple occasions been the orange and white game. And she's like, if you watch the orange and white game on the day of our anniversary, I'll strangle <laughs> you and kill you. So, um, you do have to consider that just the, you know, Interesting. <laughs> no, I had not considered. Oh my god, uh, this was something that was not <laughs> right. on my radar. Oops, I uh, I didn't mean to burst that bubble. That was, I was uh, laser focused on uh, just this year. I was not thinking down the road of like, oh, this is the uh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I got to give it to you. Charlie raises an excellent point. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. fun times we'll figure it out uh we'll figure it out let me just get through <laughs> this first. let me get through the bad. next three weeks let me do that you've got <laughs> it buddy hey yeah, dude, you're, you're completely she knows what she got herself into that's and if true. she hasn't run by now then i think you're fine uh, hey yeah very straightforward about the the sports watching in my uh day-to-day and you're kind of a I'm sports guy yeah um brian baston charlie burris thank you as always for making the time you can check us out on youtube youtube.com slash jason podcast like and subscribe preds power hour full episodes here video content all kinds of clips there as well you can check us out on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcasts leave us a five-star rating and a review uh, about preds power that's one of your favorite shows each and every week we'd love to hear from you guys at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com with any future mailbag questions for us or anything you'd like for us to talk about preds wise chase thomas podcast at gmail.com brian charlie you guys have yourself a great rest of your weekend and i'll talk to y'all next week see you next week nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah